Good morning, Christ Community Church. It is good to be with you again in distanced fashion. I look forward to a few weeks from now, when Lord willing, I'll be back together with you in person. But for today, this will be sufficient. And I'm thankful that this technology enables us to connect in this sort of way. In certain ways, it's a little odd to be distanced from you as I talk about our next topic, which is life together. You know, this has been a weird time, right? One in which we have been forced to be distanced. It's a time in which many of us, I hope, have recognized the profound gift it is to be in the same physical space as another person. And I want to talk today about the importance of being in that same physical space. Now, again, given our context, it's important to do that carefully and thoughtfully and safely. But the Bible still tells us of the joys of being together. And so let's today, at a time where it's probably particularly important to talk about that and particularly challenging, let's talk about life together. Let's talk about what the Bible describes as fellowship. Let's take a look at our Bibles in 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to read the first four verses of 1 John. 1 John 1, 1 through 4, and let's remember as we hear this, this is God's Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, written through the Apostle John. 1 John chapter 1, 1 through 4, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Amen. That's God's word. Let's start our time together by praying. Heavenly Father, as we approach you in prayer, we pray that you would give us a desire for life together. We thank you for the fellowship that is described in this portion of Scripture. And we pray that we would rejoice in the fact that we have fellowship with God. We pray that you would give us joy in spending time with each other. And we pray that uh, you would be honored by this message. We pray that if anything that, that I say doesn't come from you, that it would fall to the ground and pass away and be forgotten. And we pray that everything that is from you would strengthen our trust and, and draw us into deeper fellowship with you, our Heavenly Father. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when I was a child, my mom used to joke that my dad's favorite game was a game she called, Be the Last Car Out of the Church Parking Lot on Sunday Morning. Now, I don't know if any of you here have played that game, have engaged in that game. I mean, there's a winner every Sunday. There's a winner every time there's an activity at the church. Be the last car out of the church on Sunday. As we were growing up, the church service would end, and, and my parents would spend a lot of time talking to other people. And for us kids, we would go outside, we'd play on this big rock outside of Brookfield Christian Reformed Church, 
And little by little, the kids would go and go and go until it was just me and my siblings, and then we would wander back into the church and see that mom and dad were still talking to people. A lot, they, they eventually just gave my dad a key and said, hey, lock up when you leave because you're so often the last one around. Now, this, uh, this was illustrative of something that was really beautiful. It was, it was really cool. And that is that my parents were people who delighted in spending time with members of Brookfield Christian Reformed Church, the church where we were all members. They were people who delighted in fellowship. And the reason that they delighted in fellowship is that they loved their brothers and sisters at Brookfield CRC. They loved their church family. They loved spending time with other Christians. And that's some of what 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, uh, calls us and invites us into. It invites us into a body. It invites us into fellowship. As you read along with me the words of the first chapter of John as we've just read them, I, I hope that you notice that there is a massive emphasis on fellowship. It's actually the word that is repeated most often in 1 John 1, 1 through 4, this word fellowship, which, uh, which we term life together. And there are two parts of fellowship you may have noticed. There's fellowship with God, and there's fellowship with each other. Let me read for you again a brief part of 1 John chapter 1. I'm going to focus on, uh, on verse 3. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship, life together, that's what we're invited to in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Two parts of that, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Christ Jesus. And you and I are invited into the fellowship of those who have fellowship with God. So let's talk about both of those aspects of fellowship. And let's talk about an example of fellowship. That's actually going to be our three points. Fellowship with God, fellowship with each other, and what fellowship looks like. We're going to have an example from scripture about what fellowship looks like. So let's talk about fellowship with God. And again, 1 John 1 verse 3 says, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is an amazing statement, but it's one that we can read past very quickly and forget to rejoice in, because these are words to rejoice in. Fellowship with God, that is the very purpose of your life. That is, the, that is the comfort that you have that can comfort you in both life and death, that you are not your own, but that you belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. You were created, the whole purpose of your existence is that you might know God and be joined to him through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your heart will know its purpose if you know fellowship with God. And the fact that 1 John 1 verse 3 talks about how our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son Christ Jesus is remarkable for this reason. 
because one of the first things that we human beings did is break fellowship with God. When God created the world, he created everything good. He made it ideal, without sin, without death, and with a, a man and a woman who could have true fellowship with God. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3, we're given the story of God bringing everything into existence, of creating the man and the woman, and then we're told something amazing. He used to walk with them in the cool of the day. That's amazing. Could you imagine coming to the cool part of the day as the sun is beginning to shine, uh, to set after shining all day, and finding that each day the God of the universe would come and walk with you? Man, you could keep any other treasure that the world might offer if God is to come and walk and talk with me. It would be the greatest blessing in the whole world. And when God created the world, that is the privilege that was given to Adam and to Eve, to the first man and the first woman, that God would walk with them, fellowship with God. Now, what the Bible tells us is that, is that Adam and Eve sinned. They ate the tree, they ate the fruit of the tree that the Lord God had commanded them not to eat of. And by doing this, they plunged humanity into sin, they plunged the world into decay, and they brought death into the world. But most sad of all, they created a breach between humanity and God. Fellowship with God, life together with God, it was broken. When the Lord God walks in the cool of the day in the garden, Adam and Eve run from him and hide. They are afraid to see the one that they were created for. They were afraid to see God because now they were stained with sin. And relationship with God, with God was fractured. This chasm existed between humanity on one side and God on the other. A terrible tragedy. Fellowship with God broken. But in 1 John chapter 1, verse 3, we're told an amazing truth. What John is inviting you and me into is to fellowship with God and with each other. How in the world can we have fellowship with God if our relationship with God has been broken and there has been this separation that's been introduced? Well, to know how, how we can have fellowship again with God, how we can have life again together with God, life together with God again, we can take a look together at Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to read just a few verses of Colossians chapter 1. I'm going to pick up uh, in, in one sentence here, um, and, then we're going to, uh, and then we're going to focus especially on verses 21 and 22. But, and he is the head of the body of the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. God ended our alienation. God 
ended our separation, because sin had introduced this chasm between us and God, because our natural inclination of our human heart now is to run from God instead of run to him, which is the very purpose for which we were made. God determined he was going to end this alienation by sending Jesus and his body of flesh. Now, if you are somebody who is experiencing alienation, as you may have as a result of this virus and the separation that it has introduced, one of the things that you find is that a Zoom call just simply isn't enough. And there's even this term Zoom fatigue, right? People that are in Zoom meetings over and over again, they experience Zoom fatigue. Why? Because it's just not the same talking to a screen like, as it is when you talk in the same physical space as another person. And so as we were alienated from God, what God did was send his son in his body of flesh, is what Colossians 1 says. He came to dwell with us and to die for us, and to shed his blood for us, so that we might be restored to right relationship with God. Because of the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that chasm that existed between you and the Father, it has now been brought together through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to have fellowship with God, which is the purpose of your life, You need to trust in Jesus. The only one who ends the alienation between God and humanity. The one who accomplished this by shedding his blood. One of the things that I sometimes hear from people, maybe you've heard the same thing. Maybe you've heard this very same thing. One of the things that I hear is, that, that's great. Jesus is great for you. That's fine for you. I'm glad that that works for you. You know, I'm just doing my own thing. I feel like, I feel like I'm just trying to be a good person. And, um, and you know, and, and if there is a God, that I think that he'll see that, you know, I'm just trying to be a good person. I think I'll be fine, you know, when I die then. Let me tell you this very seriously, and because I love you, you don't want to meet God unless you're in Christ Jesus. You don't want to meet the Father unless you belong to the Son. It will be a terrible experience for you if you, in your sinfulness, think that you have done enough to approach the Father. It will be a terrible mistake. The alienation from him will continue to be a reality and as you just even approach his presence, you will try to flee because your tendency as an unsaved person will be just that of Adam and Eve, and you will try to run. They, you'll do exactly what your, your first parents did, Adam and Eve. You'll run from God. But if you're in Christ Jesus, if you trust in God the Son, it will be a great joy to approach the Father. And you are invited to fellowship with the Father and the Son. That's the first aspect of this. Fellowship with God, but then fellowship with each other. Fellowship with each other. Let me read First John chapter 1, verse 3 again. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with with us. The Greek word here is koinonia. Fellowship is koinonia. It refers to an inseparable bond by which we are joined to the Father and to Jesus and 
to each other. Jesus is real, and, and Christ's reality and the reality of his sacrifice at the cross and the reality of his bodily resurrection from the dead creates joyful community. And we have fellowship with God so that we might have fellowship with each other and so that we might have joy. God does not want to spoil your fun God wants to fill you with joy that you too may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is, the, this is one of the great joys of the Christian life. One of the profound joys of the Christian life is to know God, to be joined to him, to have fellowship with God, and therefore then to be joined to his people. This is the joy of the Christian life. This is, this is one of the reasons that the last six, seven, eight, however many months it's been now, one of the reasons that these have been really difficult months. For me, I, I would assume so for you too, right? Because we are separated from each other to an extent that has not existed before in my life, and that is hard. It was so difficult for me to spend all of those months preaching only to a camera. I mean, I'm preaching to a camera right now, and it's become relatively familiar, but it is not the same. I wish that I could be with you in person because there's something beautiful about being together in the same space. Because when those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ are together, our joy is complete. And this is what 1 John invites you into. Fellowship, life together, because of Jesus. This is one of those deep longings of the human heart. Every one of us longs to see another, to have another see us, to know and to be known, to have another person see you to the bottom and still love you, to have another individual look at you and see all that which is wrong and broken and not turn away or run away from you, but to embrace you still. And that is possible in Christ Jesus because we know, all of us who are here, we know that we are sinners who have been redeemed by Christ Jesus, so we live together in fellowship. Let me tell you, Christians, you can have a deep joy in life together, and it comes from grounding your life in Christ. Not simply Christian activities, not simply going to Christian institutions together, but by having a shared, deep faith in Jesus, you have deep fellowship. Non-Christians, you can have this kind of fellowship too. You can have this kind of beautiful life together too. And it comes first by trusting in Jesus. So I invite you to trust in him today even and to know peace with God and peace with each other. Another way that we can uh, encourage fellowship and life together in our midst is by living in righteousness. 1 John 1 verse 7, if we go just a little further, says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There are some who would have you believe that being a Christian steals your joy. There are some who would have you believe that being a Christian makes it harder to develop friendships, that friendships actually come the best through complaining together or engaging in rebellious or sinful behavior together. This does not form the best, deepest relationships. Being a Christian is what forms the most beautiful, thriving relationships for joy. But nonetheless, out there, like in the ether, is this notion that Christianity is going to hamper 
your uh, ability to have deep and good relationships or have fun with other people or have joy with other people. Let me, let me quote from you one well-known theologian who says this very thing. That well-known theologian is Billy Joel. Billy Joel says this in his song, Only the Good Die Young. They say there's a heaven for those who will wait. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. Only the good die young. This is a common falsehood. Christians are boring. Christians have no fun. Sinners are ones who have the good time. But 1 John 1, 1 through 4 tells us that the aim of the Apostle John as he writes is this. Joy in fellowship. It lets us know that the way to have true life together and true joy in that is to know the life of our Savior Jesus Christ. Here's the reality. Camaraderie in sin is wrong and boring. It's dull. Sin is ultimately terribly dull. And fellowship in Christ Jesus is exciting and joyful. You recognize this, right? If you are a person who is given to sinful behavior, it destroys relationships. Think about how hard it would be to be a close friend with somebody you knew to be a compulsive thief. Like, you wouldn't want them to come into your house, right? Like, every time they came into the house, some of the silver would be gone, and then maybe some of the cash you have socked away in one of the private parts of your bedroom that was gone, and then, you know, next, some jewelry would be gone next time they came over. You're like, I'm not inviting this person to our house anymore. That person is a compulsive thief. You can't have a relationship with a thief. Or say somebody is a compulsive gossip, and you realize that everything that you say to them in confidence then comes back to you because it just gets spread around can't be good friends, deep friends with a compulsive gossip, or, or say somebody is a, an incredible liar, right? You can't have deep friendship with somebody who is a terrible liar. I remember there was one person in college, and I never knew if he was telling the truth or if he was lying. He would make up the most bizarre stories, and at first I was like, man, this guy's led a really incredible life, and then I realized they're all lies. I couldn't be friends with him because I didn't know if the words he was saying to me at any given time were true or if they were total fabrications. You can't build a relationship on that. Relationships, friendships cannot be built on sin or unrighteousness. They can only, only be built in a way that is thriving and growing and beautiful if it's built on Christ and on his ways. This is the way to have true, good, deep life together, how to have fellowship. So let me call you today, let me invite you to try to expand the circle, to try to talk to new people, to try to invite people into your homes in safe ways, right? That respect the fact that some people are, are afraid and you know, this is a scary time. But still, do the work of being hospitable, inviting people, talking to people, engaging with people, even as we're distant. We can still try to engage through posting a comment on Facebook or on YouTube as you're watching this, or just saying, Amen, or saying hello, or saying hello, church family, or saying praying for all of you, something like that, right? This is a way that we can continue to engage even as we are distanced, as we look forward to the time where it is safe, truly safe to be back in each other's presence, enjoying fellowship. Let me conclude just briefly with an example of fellowship. Acts and Acts. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, 
attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. As we conclude, looking at this beautiful example of fellowship in the early church, let me just point out ways that they have life together that led to deep thriving and joy. It gives us many ways that we can live together in a way that creates thriving and joy. Devote yourselves to listening to the preaching of the word. Devote yourselves to the Bible. Devote yourselves to spending time with other people outside of your family. Devote yourselves to the breaking of bread. Take communion. Come back to communion services. Pray. There are a few things that will draw you closer to one another than to prayer. Be in awe of God. Be in awe of God together. Give to those who are in need. In, in, not in need. Invite people into your homes. Be generous to others. Praise God and praise him together. Rejoice in the salvation of those who don't yet know Jesus, who then turn from their sin and trust in Jesus. Rejoice and enjoy life together. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a privilege it is to have fellowship with you and with each other. We pray that you give us joy in trusting in Jesus. We pray that you give us joy in knowing and having fellowship with you. Give us sweetness in that. And we pray that you give us joy and delight in spending time with each other. And we recognize that we live in this time where it is odd and it's more difficult to have fellowship with each other. We pray that in the midst of it, we would still find ways to connect with each other. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Church, as we leave this place to love each other and to engage in fellowship with each other, let's go with the blessing of God. If you're not already standing, I invite you to stand as we prepare to hear these closing words of blessing from God spoken over each of us. Hear this now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.